Hey, how you doing? Tyler Solberg with the Solberg Performance Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Modus Equipment and Design. If you need someone to provide you with equipment and design a home or a commercial gym space, give me a call. Thanks. So, so I'm supposed to tell you before we even get in anything I had Vince on, I think Wednesday night. Yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose. I'm supposed to ask you about your Nashville trip you got coming up here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're like very little... excited about that. Late I... April, April, late April, the boys are taking over Nashville. We're all oh, turning no. 30. So we're like, let's do something this year. Oh, no. What's on so... the itinerary? Like when you guys go on, I think you guys did a trip yep. I saw a while, a while back too. Like what do you, yep. what do you guys lay out? Like, I know, the, I know, you, I don't know if it's, you were involved in that, but I know some of those guys like to gamble. And Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love the gambling. So Vince is the itinerary guy. Yeah. And, and Vince is the planning guy. So a couple of years ago, we went down to Miami, which was yeah. awesome. Sure. Um, and we, we did like the Florida Derby. So one day we were at doing like a horse racing, which was awesome. There's a huge casino down there. So that, that trip basically revolved around gambling. Yeah. Um, that's like the, the, that's a stereotypical gambling is <laughs> it's like, we're going exactly. to the tracks. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And it I was dude, it, it was an absolute blast. Like we had a suite. It was crazy. That's um, awesome. For Nashville. I think so. One night we're for sure going to a Preds game. Like, oh, nice. It's actually the last regular season NHL game of the year. Sure. Nashville's playing Colorado. So it's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're doing that for a night. And then I think the the other days we're just kind of bumming around Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. Just I think like you're just playing it by ear. Like, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure a bunch of Wisconsin boys can figure out what to do I, on a strip I, of I, bars. And I think we'll be all right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be all right. And, well, and I, yeah, it's my yeah. first, my first time in Nashville. So I'm Jack. I'll do whatever. Okay. Yeah. I bet <laughs> I haven't been yet either. Uh, Tim quick lives there right now too. And he's oh, been he like telling okay, me to wow. come down there for a while. Yep. And I just for haven't sure. got around to it. Cause just moving here. And yeah, so, for sure. I've heard yeah. it's a blast. So I'm excited. Oh yeah. So I think before we get into like the X's and O's, I want to talk about, yep. you know, you're the speed guy, right? I want to talk yep. about right. speed. I want to talk about change of direction. I want to talk about yep. D-cell stuff, yep. off-season yep. football programming, things like that. But I think before we go into any of that, I'm always interested in the first time I sit down with someone like, hey, I kind of want to tell your story too. Because I right. think connected to who you become as a professional, who you are as a trainer, who you, you know, you are as a, as a performance specialist, things like that. It's like attached to this bigger larger right. story of like you falling in love with strength conditioning falling in love with sport falling in love with all these things first and then yeah. i think it gives a little bit more context to especially for some of our listeners too it's like there's the the athlete but there's also the person that wouldn't know the first thing about sport so right i kind of right. want to go back if you don't mind and kind of talk about like hey you know like for you when was the first time that you figured out like I really want to do this as a career, like strength conditioning or, um, you know, kind of performance yep. specialist job. Like when was that for you? For sure. So, I mean, going back to when I was a kid, like growing up, like I was obsessed with sports. Yeah. Um, I'll, like I'll never forget. I think it was like 2004, 2005. I went to my first Badger game with my, my aunt and yeah, the Badgers were playing central Florida. I'll never forget. It was like the John Stocko, Anthony Davis days. Sure. And like, I, f I fell in love. Like, I was like, this is the coolest thing. Football is the coolest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so like football just became a huge part of my life. Um, started playing, was playing mm -hmm. hockey too. And just, sure. just always playing sports as a kid. And I was like, you know, mm -hmm. when I grow up, I just, something in sports would be awesome. You know, initially I thought that'd be sick to play college or professional yeah. sports. Well, you know, genetics uh five five three hundred twenty pounds since my freshman year of high school so 
Sure. Quickly learn that, you know, <laughs> after high school, sports aren't going to be um, something I can play. Um, but I was like, I think I could be, I know the game. Well, I think I could yeah. be some sort of coach, um, to be completely honest. I had zero interest in strength and conditioning, um, yeah. in high school. Like I did not like lifting in high school. I didn't like going to the gym. I did not yeah. honest to God. It gave me anxiety. I was just mm -hmm. like, let me play football. Let me play hockey. Um, yeah, you and, just love the game. Like, exactly. The game. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I love the, I love the game. I love playing. Um, but I knew at my size, I had to utilize the weight room to, you know, to compete even just at the high school level for sure. a kid my size. Um, so I knew it was, I knew it could be an asset for, for athletes. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward to college, go to college. I thought I wanted to be a PT. I was like, I'm going to PT yeah. school. This is going to be cool. They make a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, took my first chemistry class. And realized I'm not going to grad school. Realize, fuck that. <laughs> yep. See ya. Sure. Uh, sure. I'm out in four. I'm out in four years. I'm not doing the liquid school after yeah. that. Um, sure. So, and even then, I was like, let's. I'll do kinesiology. Yep. See where yeah, because you me. went to UW Eau Claire, Claire, right? Yep. yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay, went cool. to Eau Claire in, in the kinesiology program. It's a good program. But even then, I was like, I was an average student. I was like a three yeah. Um, Wasn't interested in it outside of just having to take classes. Yeah. Um, I, I was spending my time on water street, you know, um, yeah, I think I saw you a few times yeah, out there. With I, we we ran into each other. We ran into each times. other. It yeah. was always so fun. Yeah. yeah. I'll never forget shenanigans with you. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Hey, let's, yeah. uh, let's protect ourselves. On yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, keep going. Um, keep going. But yeah. Yeah. Just, so I, I really didn't have, like, I had, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Um, but ended up taking an internship in the cities before my senior year acceleration acceleration right? yep. yep so in Arden Hills and so my sister lived up there so like, this is perfect I'll go up mm -hmm. here for the summer do the internship with my sister for free um so it was cool it was like a lot of hockey training they do like the hockey treadmills and like the overspeed yeah. like the frap here like that the, they mm -hmm. used to be called like athletic republic it's like those high speed treadmills that um go super inclined and sure so we were just we were just dropping kids in on the, the treadmills um and it, it, it was cool um, and then they offered me a job out of college and I was like, I was not the guy I had no plan. I didn't apply for anywhere else. They're like, Hey, you want to come back and help us out? I'm like, sure. Done. Yeah. Um, I need so a job. I, I need yep, a job. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I love it. Um, so just went up there and still at this point, like I wasn't super into this field. I wasn't yeah. super into the strength field. Um, but went up there and slowly started to be like, okay, I kind of like this. Um, few years in, I realized, okay, I like this, but I don't know if this situation is for me. Um, and I was kind of battling with the thing. I was, is it the situation that I don't like, or is it, is it, the, is it, is it the field this, in general? Is this field not meant for me? Yeah. Um, so basically it came to a point where I got, I got to make a change and I want to do something where I'll know that if this field is for me. Yeah. Um, so I, was basically scrolling the internet one day and saw that XPE down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida was taking um, applicants for their internship program for NFL combine prep. Mm -hmm. So I was like, and all I had to do was submit my resume. I didn't have to do anything else. So like this is easy. One click, boom. I'll probably never hear from these guys. Sure. And two days later, I'll never forget. I'm sitting in the office of acceleration and Matt Gates called me. Um, who's the combine uh, trainer down there. And he, yeah did two phone interviews and he's like, you, you can come if you want. And I was like, let's go. And what was like, uh, what was that like? Yeah. Like, like, were you just like, 
what what were you experiencing like your emotions you're like oh it like, was, was wild it just crazy was, yeah it was it was crazy i was like i never thought this would happen i never yeah. thought these guys would call me um and i was just like this is i have to take this opportunity yeah um yeah. so I, and in my head i'm like I, I what i'm about to do is leave a full-time job mm-hmm. to go to an unpaid internship in south florida yeah i've like never i've like yeah ex- exactly line up like housing I'm, yep 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 so i was like i've never even left i've only been to wisconsin minnesota i've never mm-hmm. freaking been outside these two states pretty much my whole life yeah but I was like, I think I got to do this. Like, you know, let's leave my comfort zone. And this is going to tell me if I, if I'm built for this. And sure. I went down there and the first, I'll never forget Matt Halverson drove me down there on Christmas day. <laughs> Bless like, his heart. like I'll, I'll never, <laughs> yeah. I can, I can never repay the guy enough. He drove me down, That's like so he drove cool. straight through. Yeah. And so like the first day, I'm two days I'm there. I'm like, what the hell am I doing down here? This, yeah. this, uh, I was like, it, it's like a different world down there. It, it yeah. was so different. It was so different. I knew nobody. Sure. Um, and just a week in the combine prep, I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, this is so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before it was, you it, got to that, yeah. did you get yep. like, like for you, you're switching settings too, right? Like yep. obviously you've, you're a multi-sport athlete. You've been in both worlds. Yeah. Did you get kind of like when you first showed up there, did you get kind of the imposter syndrome-ish type of feeling when you were and like, what the yes. hell am I doing here? Did you ever yes. kind of experience that at first or? Yeah. So basically what we're going into it, Matt was like, I think I got a good group of interns this year too. And then I got someone coming from Fisher Institute, which you probably know of it's in Arizona. And then I got another guy coming from Exos. I was like, okay, I'm going to be stallions coming. I'm I'm about, I'm about to be exposed. Um, but it turned out what wasn't that way. Um, sure. What helped, what helped me tremendously was I knew football. So, so coming in, when these guys started rolling in, I knew who they were. I was, I love college football. So I was like, I was able to relate to these guys instantly. And they're like, holy crap, you like know who I am. I'm like, yeah, "Uh, yeah. I watched like all your games this year. Yeah. (laughs) Like ton of, ton of Penn state kids. I'm like, I know all of you guys, like, you know who you are. Um, So I think that really helped me. And then um, I just went all in. My mindset was I I, I need to somehow be an asset to Matt. I need to be an asset to this company. Um, I'm here for three months. I might never be able to do something like this again. I need to make the most of it. So I just went all in. This is when I started to really dive into the field, started reading stuff, started watching like videos. And then, you know, with Matt's speed stuff, I saw these freaking studs starting to get really fast. I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. So from there, I fell in love. It was, it was over. I was like, this is what about a month into that combine prep. I'm like, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. There's no, there's no other option like this. I'm do I'm training athletes. I think that's so cool too. You kind of speak to, to, I experienced something similar too, was like, I didn't start to dive into the research. I didn't start to dive into, you know, I know like some of the people that you, you follow, like the Cal deeds and people like, I didn't feel like I dove into the literature either until I like, right. I found the setting. I loved it. And I think that's a yep. really, for anyone listening right now is like, you might think that you are lazy. You might think that you don't give a shit about like some things you're doing, but you never know until you get into the right setting like that. And you're like, like now when I think about you, I think evidence-based, I think like you're a tech, you're a practitioner as well, but like, right. you know, I think right. very well read. Did, did you feel like, like, was like finding that love in that setting was the thing that put you on that path. Like now it really matters. I want to read. I want to exactly. want to be the best. That's exactly what it was. It was like, it was like a light bulb turned on. It was like, this is really cool. All all this information is out there. 
yeah i i can i can learn this stuff but you have to just put in the work that that, that never crossed my mind before being there yeah. um and i'm sure you felt this way too yeah it was also like man what if this light bulb clicked when i was actually in college like when yeah. i was actually like really yeah you know, when, when i had the opportunity to really lock in on class and study kinesiology sure. and study biomechanics and stuff um I was like, oh shoot! I wish I had that passion then, but yeah. it was, it, yeah, it was totally just like the setting. The setting just brought it out of me, and like what really did too is like, one day Matt pulled me aside towards the end of combine prep, and he's like, just so you know, man, like, I got a lot of interns run through here, and he's like, you can do this thing, sure. and I was like, I was, I was blown away. I was like, what? Yeah, he was like, you, he was like, you can do this thing. Like, you're, you're built for this, and I was like, just hearing that from a guy like that, yeah, who in my opinion is number one, he's the best trainer in the world that nobody knows about. Yeah. Um, not like if you look at all the combine numbers last year, number one skill position, every one was under Matt. Yeah. He's it's, it's crazy. And he goes into hiding after combine season, yeah. hates Twitter, hates, hate, yeah. hates all social media. Um, he'll tweet a little more and, and do, he'll He's be shut in. Exactly. He'll yeah. be out there more during combine prep. Yeah. But, uh, but other than that, he, he doesn't like social media. So not a lot of people know about him, but, um, what, yeah, when he told me that I was like, okay, that that's all I needed. That's I, I all that, that's, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, I think that's so cool too. It just kind of speaks to like a position you're probably in now too, is just getting the stamp of approval from a mentor too. Right, I'm sure right, exactly. you know, you, you're building a, a business and a brand and you've done all that. And now you have, I'm, I'm sure you have other coaches coming in and you're able to do that for athletes or do that for coaches, things like that, people that learn under you. But that's such a cool moment yep. when like yeah. the, the mentor gives the stamp of approval to the mentee yeah. and then you're like, yep. I can fucking do this. So yeah, very yep. cool. Yep, yep. So I think that's cool. Like, what are some of the things that you learned? So I think for people listening to it is starting to become like combine season prep, right? Things like that. So like, what were some of the things that you felt were like very imperative? And maybe this is targeted toward like coaches listening. What were some of the big rocks like that you learned about combine prep that like you would want to share with people listening? Like, Hey, if you have blah, blah, amount of weeks to get this guy doing ding, ding and ding you got to do this. Like what were those big rocks for you? What did you learn and what would those things be? Yeah. I think, you know, even before I went down there, I think everyone kind of has the notion that these guys are freaks Yeah, and, and these guys are always running four, four. And that's, that's just not the case. So these guys go through a long uh, grueling football season. Mm -hmm. Um, And quite honestly, a lot of programs probably don't focus on speed a whole lot. And then you get to a combine prep program and your entire life, um, for eight to nine weeks is built to run fast on one day. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're training like a, a track athlete and your whole life revolves around your training and there's, there's nothing else. Yeah. There's no football. There's, there's nothing else. You're locked in just on training. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very specific training. Like I'll never forget, like the first day we kind of did some timing and I was like, these guys are going to, these are the best athletes I've been around. These guys are going to be, be so fast. Like these guys yeah. are running four, six. Yeah. And those guys running four six, where some of them ran four three at the combine, yeah. um, and it's just they they weren't used to training like that. So it's it's basically deloading from a football season, yeah. and 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 training truly training for speed. Yeah. Um, if if you're truly training for speed, it looks it looks a lot different than maybe training to last a football season. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. The emphasis is on speed. So just to kind of give an overview, like day one is like acceleration Monday we come in we're working acceleration yep and for people and for people listening to like how does that differ I guess from like pure like top speed then like you're talking about just like out of the blocks right like exactly exactly so you 
this starts everything in the 40 for most people. Yeah. Um, you know, there's certain like skill position guys, wide receivers, DBs who, who have like a, a t- who, who have the potential to reach 23 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're going to run well. Um, but guys like mids, like linebackers, tight ends, running backs, they need to absolutely nail their start. They need to nail the first 10 yards, yeah. um, in order to run four, 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 five. So like the start's very technical for a lot of guys. Um, mm-hmm. so a big part of it is just getting comfortable in your three point stance and just have, having these guys getting used to projecting themselves out from a two and three point stance that mm-hmm. a lot of these guys have never done that. Um, sure. coming in, they just always played football and been good at football. And now it's like, yeah, we kind of need to, need to teach you how to do almost a track start, yeah. um, and project yourself out. So the, a big part of it is just getting comfortable in your stance so you can be super violent in essentially the first 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so acceleration is like, especially at XP, that's the focus. Yeah. Um, they have what's called a shred mill. I know we've yeah. talked about that before, but yeah, share a little it, bit about that. It, yeah. it, it's basically, it's basically a resistance treadmill that you're, the athlete has to put um, the force into the track to make it move. So it's, it's not electronic at all. It's kind of like, like air runners from assault fitness, similar to exactly. that. Okay, it, cool. it, exactly. But there's no, there's no Incline. curve at all. Yep. yep. So it's, Incline. it's flat. So what's cool about it is you can adjust it. So like think on a day where we're working more acceleration, we're going to flatten that curve. We're going to flatten that track out. Yeah. Um, on a day we're working like Thursdays, we would open them up a little bit more. We'd, we'd bring that track up a little bit so they can start to open that stride yeah. up and get a little bit more turnover. Sure. Um, but, but the focus, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it, 40 yards. Isn't that long for these, these type of athletes. Yeah. So it's, it's all about producing a craft on the forest right away and trying to get to top speed as soon as possible, because yeah. you'll be, you'll be able to carry that top speed through 40. No problem. Sure. Sure. And then, so like kind of carrying out of that too. So, and then kind of going through like the progression of the week, then you come out Tuesday, then like, so where do you go from there? I could yep. just kind of staying on, staying on the, the speed curriculum for this. For sure. So it's, you know, and this is the first way I learned this too is, and I, we train like this till this day. Some, yeah. of, some of our methods are different, but we pair it like this. So like Monday, yeah is the acceleration day and we're also that's going to be our heavy like leg type day in the weight yep. room sure. so we're pairing our, we're pairing we're hitting our speed day and our, our heavy leg day on the same days sure we, we are consolidating stress on yep. certain days so then like yep. a tuesday we want to deload the legs a little bit that, that's going to be more of that agility work um and then, and then some upper body sure. then wednesday is like recovery thursday we come back we're back to hammering legs more speed work sure. and then we kind of marry that more like quote unquote top end speed work. It's not exactly top end speed work. In our setting at tap, it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, but for combine, it's still just more like tri- more transition. That transition yeah. from Excel into a little bit more top speed. Sure. Cause you're doing and, like and then, you're doing like shuttles and L drills and position yep. specific, I yep. guess too. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 And th- like that will be on the Tuesday. So okay. the, the stuff that's more technical we're breaking down, that's like on the almost like a low CNS day. Yeah. Um, we're not taxing the system super bad. And then Thursday, it's like that more top end type day yep. and then pairing it with more velocity based stuff in the weight room. Sure. Um, so this is exactly how, what we do at tap. It's when we're, when we're working acceleration focused on the field, for most people, the emphasis in the weight room is, is strength and power, more force yeah. based, yeah. um, flip around. Like we run fly tens either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, yep. so more top end velocity our, our work in the weight rooms, more speed-based. So sure. we're, we're, we're moving where the bar speeds are faster. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're always trying to consolidate stress and like marry Love the that. stimulus, whatever we're doing on the turf, 
yeah. the stimulus in the weight room should should resemble that. Sure. Um, so we're always kind of grooving those patterns. And you almost get kind of a priming effect too. I think like maybe something else we should yes. speak to too is maybe for coaches listening too is, can you tell a little bit about your process behind how you layer the qualities? Because I think, you know, sometimes we're talking about consolidating stress and all that stuff. Like, how do you go about, like, what's your process? Say we're going back to that acceleration day where you're doing the heavy day, lower body. What's your process for like building your, your template for that day? Like, and right. how do you prioritize certain things at different parts of the session? Right, right, exactly. So um, that could, that could be a lot of different things. Yeah. So here, here's kind of what I'm on now is. Yeah. Um, I know that's an, it depends answer here, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're getting at though, but b- basically in, in general, let's say a kid walks into our facility. Yep. We know that step one, we, we need to know that this kid is strong. Um, yep. what we're, what, what's, what's happening. And it's, it, I think it's a good thing is all these high school kids are as they should be lifting in their high school weight rooms. Um, yeah. but they still, they still seek a little specialized outside help. So we have a ton of kids that walk in and are already strong. Okay. So we, we kind of look at what does this kid need right now? So like on our Excel day, we're, we have, we're, we're timing splits, right? We'll time, mm-hmm. we'll time a 10, we'll time a 20. Those splits will give you a lot of clues. Um, let's say a kid has an awesome 10 yard. And this is what we almost see to a T with most of these high school kids. These, these kids have very good starting strength. Yep. Because in their weight rooms in their high school, they're they're lifting heavy, yeah. um, and they're and they're getting good at it. They're getting super strong. Um, and then when when they ten to twenty, they they're it's not great, yeah. <laughs> um, to put it lightly. So yeah. So what we're doing now it depends on the group. It depends on the time of year. Because um, you're filling the gaps, so to speak. I guess for people listening too, right? We are filling. I I want to do nothing they're doing in their high school weight room. Yeah. If I hear they're doing one thing in their high school rate room, chances are I'm going to find what's completely opposite of that and take them there. Yeah. Because like you said, filling the gaps, we, we say we're, we're filling the empty buckets. Yeah. They're, they're, no they're getting, they're getting that strength. They're getting um, bucket filled in the high school weight room for the most part. Love um, do we have some kids that exclusively train with us? Sure. Um, but for the most part, these kids are, are lifting in their high schools with their friends as they should, you know? Yeah. Um, rightfully so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's not a lot of speed training taking place um so that's kind of how where we've we've kind of evolved as a company is where we started out what what we're chatting about before it's like okay day one is day one's this everyone's doing this yeah day two day two is this everyone's doing this and then we realized well there are probably a ton of kids that are kind of slipping slipping through the cracks a little bit um i was just uh interviewing a potential um um staff member for us the other week and i was like In my opinion, the goal of a semi-private, um, like a private facility program is to have as few kids slip through your cracks as possible. Yeah. Meaning we don't really have a system. Our, our system, we like to say now, like our system is we don't have a system. Yeah. Is each athlete that walks in presents a unique skill set um, and, and unique weaknesses. Yeah. Um, step one is we need to attack those weaknesses, find stuff they're not good at and attack sure. it. Sure. And, and that's the results are when, when you focus in like that, the results are pretty crazy. Yeah. And I think you, you probably take on this thing too, is like you, you work on your weaknesses and training and you compete with your strengths, right? Like exactly like that. Yep. Sure. Yep. And if you want to say it like this way, like think about, let's say we're training a football player. So sure. go time and go times late summer, fall, yeah. um, early in the off season, we're going to attack the hell out of your weaknesses. 
Um, and once, and obviously keep your strengths, your strengths, we, we yeah. don't go away from it. Um, yeah. and then as we get closer to the season, number one, we get more specific with our training to the type of sport. And then number two is then we really hammer the strengths again. Yeah. Um, but, and, but previously we just took up, took a couple weaknesses and hammered them. Like I have two kids right now. Um, I got one, one of them comes down from Wisconsin Rapids. He's a yeah super super good power lifter but like his big he plays football he's trying to play college football yeah his big thing is he's not very fast um super strong but that that's one piece of the puzzle um yeah. so so i'm taking i'm, I'm we're working on like put him on the turf and yep we're running and we're doing some specific things in the weight room that he's pairing with his power lifting that's literally the complete opposite side of the spectrum yeah. and we're trying to get really good at those three things once we get really good at those three things we're going to find three more things that he sucks at yeah. and we're going to attack the hell out of those. Yeah. It's like the last thing I'm doing is saying, Hey, we need to get strong or we need to do anything strength with me. Like, yeah, this, already this guy's that. already strong. Yeah. And he's I, like I, one of the best powerlifters in the state. It's like, I'm sure. not doing anything like that with you. So, yeah. And that's kind of like the Dan John thing too, where they talk about like at some point more is just more. Right. And I think that's exactly. probably a really important quality. What would you say to someone that's listening that they're like, man, I'm listening because Zach's on this, right? Like I want to get fast. I'm already really strong. You're talking about attacking his weaknesses. What do those weaknesses generally turn out to be with an athlete who's super strong, right? Has all this power lifting experience and the big compound lifts, like deadlifting and squat and bench. Like what are typically some weaknesses you see? And then like, right. how do you go about attacking them? Yeah, exactly. So a kid like Maybe that comes this guy's an example sorry yeah for sure and, and honestly it's like this is this is a majority of the high school population yeah. that we get yeah. um because now kids are lifting when they're in eighth grade like yeah, in the no basement doubt. or at whatever all these high schools are starting like early programs mm -hmm. um so these kids are really good at pushing um yeah. what they can't do is they can't turn it off they can't relax they can't they can't they can contract they cannot yeah. relax and think about like a, a dynamic movement like sprinting there's yeah. a ton of relaxation involved. There's a ton of coordination involved yeah. at the neuromuscular level. So, um, a set, like for instance, a drill we've been doing lately is okay. Stand in a rack. So they're standing in a rack. They're holding onto a rack, straighten out yeah. your leg and cycle your leg three times as fast as you can for me. And nobody can do it. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had power five receivers come in and who, who are, who think they're fast or slow. Um, yeah. because of what we talked about before, there's not training for speed. Yeah. And they can't, they can't cycle their leg. Yeah. Like, okay. That something's missing here. Um, sure. like think about the difference between a couch potato and elite athlete, as far as muscle contraction goes is not much. Yeah. What, what separates elites is how fast they can turn it off. Sure. Um, so, so we we're working on turning it off. Can you relax and put force into the ground? Yeah. Um, can, can you fall off a box and catch and absorb all that force without hip displacement? Yeah. Um, can you manage collisions with the ground? Um, can, can you put your legs on top of bands and kick super fast for eight seconds without like dying? Like these kids who are all muscled yeah. up, they can't, they can't move their legs fast. Sure. Sure. They're, they're always used to dealing with tension. Yeah. Um, when, when a barbell's on your back, there's no slack in the system. Mm -hmm. When, when, when you're sprinting, you have to know how to deal with slack because things are turning on and off. Yeah. Um, you don't get that in the weight room when you're always under tension. So we have kids that can push, but then they get going and they can't turn it over. They can't, they can't cycle mm -hmm. their legs fast. Sure. Um, and, that, so, and that comes in like to being able to relax in that. In that exactly. Yep, exactly. In that cycle. It, exactly. Especially when it comes to like sprinting, you have to, 
you have to relax. Yeah. Um, you have, these kids are also tensed up. They're like crap in their pants as they're running. It's like, yeah. you're not going to be fast if you're not like that. Watching um, their face and you're watching exactly. the muscles. Well, it's like, like, it's like MMA too. The same thing, dude, if you're going to kick someone in the head, you got to be able to turn that off. Like pulse, exactly. turn it off. Exactly. Connect. Yep. 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 If, if you're 10, if you're tensed up in a fight for like 30 seconds straight, you're going to burn out by the end of the fight. Oh yeah. Like you, you need to be sort Spending of breathing. Energy. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's so tactical. Um, and sprint in some ways, sprinting is the same way. It's, yeah. it's, you, you got, you got to really be, be able to, um, coordinate yourself to be smooth and relaxed. Sure. I love that. So like, and again, kind of going back to the same thing, like where does everything have its place for you? So like, I think obviously you guys do a ton of speed work cause you're filling the gaps, right? So you're typically yeah. not going to do all the time, do a ton of, you're doing heavier strength work with the people it makes sense for. But how do you layer, like, I think a lot of times I talk to coaches and I'm just going to keep asking questions for other people here. How yeah. do you layer in things like plyos, things like conditioning into the greater scheme of your program? Because you're obviously talked about kind of like big rocks, right? We got our heavy lifting, yeah. we have our sprint work. We're talking about acceleration, top end speed. You're talking about decel. You're talking about change of direction. Where does something like plyos come into the equation? Where does something like conditioning come into the equation? Yeah. And how do you look at that? Yep. So let's start with conditioning. Um, yep. I can't remember the last time I conditioned a kid. Okay. Reason being they're all playing. These kids are playing multiple sports. Play their sport. Um, so in, in all honesty, a lot of kids are already doing too much. Um, yeah. but they're conditioned cause they're playing sports all year round. Um, that, that is a bucket that needs to be filled, but in our opinion, it gets filled within practice, within play. Okay. Um, your, yep. your game is conditioning. Yep. Um, if, if, if you think, let's take football for example, if you, or, or baseball or any sport, if, if you think jogging miles and running poles and run until you puke is preparing for you for the game, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, look yeah. at the demands of football. You're going all out for four seconds and you're, you're standing around for 20. Yep. So, it, so if you're going to condition your conditioning for four seconds, uh, <laughs> you, for four seconds, yeah. um, your work to rest ratios need to match what's happening on the field or quarter ice. Yeah. Um, I'll, an example I love to give is we work very closely with Verona hockey Yeah, and, and our, our, one of our, our, we have two facilities. One is in the ice arena. So I watch practice every day. Mm-hmm. They're one of the best teams in the state. They have not conditioned one time this year that I remember, mm-hmm. but you yeah. watch their practice and not it's running full suicides and yeah, on the, on the no. ice and yep. But at, every drill is full freaking go. And these kids are flying around in a game. What happens are the fastest team on the ice. They fly around. Yeah. And they're not not in shape because they don't condition at the end of practice. No, yeah. they're in shape because their practice mimics and they're saving the that energy the too. And exactly. they're saving that energy, right? Like you think about recovery in between. I actually remember, you know, I was working with MLS soccer, and I won't name the the place that I was working with, yeah. but yeah, they did the same thing where I would see them program, try to program conditioning, and try to program high level plyometrics. I'm thinking, do you watch what they do? out there right. they're running yep. up and down the field i'm not even a soccer guy I'm very similar to you like football like like what are what are you seeing that i'm not seeing and i think that is a really good point that you're bringing up is like look you get conditioning in your practice in your sport so if it has to show up it probably be in an off-season part right for guys that aren't right. all year yeah right exactly it's like there's times with our like junior and college hockey guys that we are, we are programming some conditioning into yeah. to, towards the end of their, um, towards the end of their off season, but, but it, it's pretty minimal because minimal. even then it's like these kids, 
hockey is a weird world, man. Like these, these kids don't take time off from skating. These kids are skating year round, oh, no yeah. matter what, what level they're at, their hips and groins are screwed. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. Leaning um, so over it's like, the whole year. And exactly. Hip yeah. flexors locked up, low back tight. It's, it's wild. Sure. Um, but so, so yeah, are there, is there a time and place? Sure. Um, but you gotta be smart. Sure. Um, and, and you gotta, you gotta try to mimic the work to rest ratios that you see, um, within the game. As far as some of the other other stuff you mentioned, like plyos, yeah. um, let's let's take like an in season basketball player for example. Sure. So, if if we're working with a basketball player in season, which we do, um, mm-hmm. we don't have to hammer a ton of plyos. Why? Because every day at practice and every time they play a game, they're getting a ton of um, jump. They're yeah, they're building jumping. their jump capacity. They're jumping. They're landing. They're yep. changing direction. Sort of level plyos probably shrinks. Um, yeah. In our speed and power phase for off, an off-season football player, we're going to have a crap ton of plyos, especially mm-hmm. if they're not doing stuff outside of, of, of uh, what they're doing with us. Sure. So it, it all it, it depends on time of year. It depends on the athlete. Um, it, it depends on a, a ton of factors, and that's why we always say train the person in front of you. Um, yeah. Don't just say, hey, Mar- March is uh, our, 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 our month to do a ton of plyos. Yeah. No, for some people, maybe. For some people, no. Um, it, it, it depends. You have, you have to, you have to start to piece together the puzzle and that's kind of what happens as you know, this obviously, but when you become, when your coaching experience grows, the puzzle starts to make more sense. You can start, you can start to piece together the puzzle on the fly. You become much more adaptable. Um, but everything has its place. I think it's really cool that you're speaking to this piece too, that like coming in with no assumptions too. Because I think that's a big thing that gets in the way of coaches get making athletes better at any level, right? Is like you have this preconceived notion is like for football players, I do this for right for right. hockey players, I do yep. this and right. And you know, yep. you're talking about buckets. You bucket these people into different programs. Yep. We're talking about buckets yep. also too. But yep. I think that's really cool that you're talking to that piece of I just make no assumptions. I evaluate the person in front of me. Yep. I'll find their their weaknesses. I'll find their strengths and then I'll yep. decide what we do from there. Yeah. And like, not only that, it's, it's you train the athlete in front of you. And one day that athlete, they might walk in and be like, we need to do this. And then the other day, yeah. it might be a completely different day and be like this, this, this person is having a terrible day. They're shot. I need to completely change yeah. the plan I had for them. We can't, yeah. we can't get after it today. Sure. I mean, dude, if you, if you saw some of the stuff I was doing with these kids that would come over these college football kids that would, we had a couple of kids enter the portal midseason. Yeah. You saw like co- coaches would walk in and probably think I'm a nut job. Yeah. They'd be like, he's doing what with this group? Yeah. And these guys, and these guys thought, thought about like, probably thought that too. Two weeks later when they feel way better, they're like, okay, it starts to make sense. And you're, yeah. you're always, you're always explaining the why, Hey, this yeah. seems crazy, but this is why we're doing this. I know you've never done this before. Yeah. Um, we, we're, but this is why we're doing this. Yes. I know you probably love, to squat, to clean, to bench. Yep. And I know you're really good at it. So yep. if you're really good at it already, why the hell are we doing it? Sure. The shit you're bad at and attack, attack the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, and, and the results are crazy. Um, so I like to be a little unorthodox. I like to kind of try, try to find things that, you know, people haven't tapped into yet and attack those. Yeah. What are maybe some of the things that you found yourself doing with athletes that maybe you find a little unorthodox that you've been using and maybe you could pick a sport too, maybe like yep. hockey guys or football guys that if you walked into 
you know, a typical weight room, you wouldn't necessarily see people doing like, what are some of the things that you, cause I, I feel like I watch your page, man. And you're always doing something super creative. And I think if, if you're a coach that has some experience, you watch it and you go, Oh yeah. For that guy at this point in the year with it, like, what are some of the things that you're doing? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep, I'll give two examples and they're all three of them are uh, division one wide receivers in college. Yep. So two of them came to us. They're, they're in the transfer portal middle of the year. Um, yep. And basically what we saw when they walked in was jacked up in the hips and mm. not very fast. Yeah. And just, they didn't feel good. Um, obviously they came off there. It's middle of football season. So obviously their volume was high at that point. And yeah. Their body, their body was stressed. So, so we get it. So basically we deloaded them, but we weren't touching weight. Yeah. Everyone's like, you have these guys in weight room. You're not touching weight. If we touched weight, nothing over hundred pounds, everything we moved was fast, but yeah. what we were doing first, like altitude drops. So if, if you've never heard of Dan, have you ever heard of Dan Fichter? Um, no. <laughs> look, look, so look into Dan Fichter. Okay. He has a page called like want to get fast. Okay. We get a ton of stuff from him. He, he basically looks at the neurological side of things. Sure. So like if you're looking at performance and this is yeah. 10% of it's mechanical. And that's where 99% of our field works in is the mechanical side. 90% yeah. neurological. Sure. Nobody taps into the neurological stuff. Yeah. Um, Dan, Dan Ficker's like the OG. Um, yeah. You train the brain. The brain's huge. You got to do it. Yeah. So like with these, these um, particular kids, we were, we were jumping off boxes and landing. We weren't, we were barely, we weren't testing verts. Sure. We were working on landing, absorbing force. You the amount of force that's produced when you land from 32 inches yeah. um, is tenfold the amount of force that's produced when you jump 32 no inches, doubt. especially if you stick a good clean landing. Sure. Um, these kids couldn't put force in the ground, essentially, mm-hmm. when they sprinted. Um, I mean, these are power five, division one. Yeah, playing at the highest level in wide, college football. Wide, wide receivers, and we have ninth graders faster than them. Yeah. When, when, when they came in. Um, sure. You look at them, they're like, they're strong, they're powerful, they have the ability to be fast. So we just, like we were talking about before, took them to the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, We're doing we're doing stuff like band work where they're, where they're forced to contract, relax, contract, yep. relax. We're doing like oscillating isometrics sure. um, where we're just working like, like in the lunge. Like tantrum stuff you're exactly. talking about too. Exactly, tons right? of tantrums. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing foot isometrics. Uh, yep. we're, we're running on the treadmill. We are moving bar speeds over one meter per second. Um, and we're sprinting. Yep. Uh, and three weeks later they came in at like 19, low 19 mile per hour kids. Yeah. And that when they left, they were at 21 miles per hour, just because okay. number one, we deloaded them. Number two, we took them to the whole other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So we the had magic much, we happened. Had, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Their body just craved it. It's like, this is new. This is what I need. I want it. And their body responded so quickly. It was awesome. I I think that's, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say like, then we had had another kid from uh, the same school come in. And what what we saw with him was he was so tight that he didn't even give himself the opportunity to put like produce power essentially. Um, Like he, he was a a, a six, one wide receiver and he had the stride of a, freshman boy yeah essentially um so what we did was we were doing like extreme isometrics we call them um 
his training revolved around getting into an extreme lunge position. So think lengthening out the back leg, yep. slightly elevating the front heel, and then actively pulling himself into position. Mm-hmm. So what's happening there is he's getting a huge contraction in his hamstring, which then relaxes and lengthens the quad, sure. um, which happens when we sprint. It's called reciprocal yeah. inhibition. Yep. One muscle relax, contracts, the other muscle has to relax. Yep. Yep. Very so, similar to what you use in like PNF and things like that for anyone that's exactly. stretch yep. people. And, yep. yep. Very similar. Yep. 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 And, and it's basically just, you want to open someone's hips up. That's what you, you got to do stuff like that. Yep. Mo- mobility and stretching has a ceiling on it. Um, sure. You need to be actively contracting muscles. And we, so we started to open him up. Yep. His stride started to open up. Same thing. He came in at like low 18 mile per hour and he left first day going back to, he was a day before going back to school. He yep. ran, he, he finally hit 20 miles per hour. Very cool. Um, yep. So it's like just the complete opposite of what he was doing. Yeah. The kid's, pro- the kid's probably an amazing squatter. Yeah. Um, how much does a squat matter if you can't run? Yeah, so, for yeah. sure. At his position specifically e- too. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Stuff, stuff like that, just being creative and, and attacking the weakness the best way possible. Yeah, I think it's really cool what you're speaking to, too, on the end of like his body craved it. I think that's even for like the fitness people that, that are even listening to this too outside of performance. Like, yeah, I know that you think that there's these fundamental movements, you do them all the time. To some degree, maybe that's true, but you have to give your body some variety because at some point, more is just more and really your body does crave variety in, in, in some fashion, no matter what your goal is, whether it's fitness or performance. So I think it's really cool. You're speaking to that piece. What I'll go to next is you got to build a lot of buy-in with an athlete. When you're have, when you're doing more on our unorthodox things, what do you do to build buy-in with your athletes? Because you know, like, here's the thing. I know that you're a great coach. You know, you're a great coach. You know, that the methods you're putting into place, they're backed by, you know, research or they're backed by like you just using them as a practitioner, but how do you get these athletes are used to just coming in back squat and cleaning, like all the things you were talking about, how do you get them behind some of these other methods when you're training them? Right. Exactly. Well, no, number one is, um, you need to explain why Yeah. You, you don't just say, Hey, we're doing this weird shit today. Um, hop in, you, yeah. you know, you say, Hey, we're doing hey, this. Do it. <laughs> right. We're doing this for this reason. So so when the kid from Rapids comes down and there's another kid that joins him, who's also just so freaking strong and lives in the weight room. It's like, Hey fellas, we're, we're doing, we're doing these oscillating isometrics and we're doing these weird leg shake things that you've never done before. And we're kicking these bands because you lack the ability to turn things on and off fast. Um, And two weeks later, they start to feel their hip moving faster. Sure. And they start, okay, this makes sense. And this makes sense why I need to, maybe not only do the things in the weight room that I'm already really good at. Yeah. Um, so you have to explain why, if you explain why kids, number one, kids want to know why. Yeah. If they're paying money to come see you, they want to know why we're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the buy-in comes when the results come. So yeah. we're tracking data on everything we do. We're tracking data on the treadmill. We're tracking yep. all their splits on their, on their speeds where when, when we do, we, we will jump on the vert mat once in a while. Yeah. just to see the progress of the jump. Sure. Um, so when they see numbers start to go up, they're like, they're sold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Using they, metrics they, to back your training methods too. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, Hey, if, if, if the numbers aren't changing, which happens, um, adjust yeah. and, and make, make a new plan for it. Keep trying stuff. 
Yeah. Um, pe- pe- I think too many people will, you know, they'll have data just to have data. Well, yeah, you're, you're, data you're, for you're, data's you're, sake, right? Data for data. Yep. Your yeah. data should be your, your data should be driving your decisions. Your data should be driving your programming. Um, yeah. So it's like we'll have kids that will we'll be in a phase, right? And mm-hmm. we'll have a group that responds really well. So yep. their speed their speeds are going up, their verts are going up. We're staying in that phase until that stops. Yeah, you ride it out. We'll, we'll have kids who things stall or things start to backtrack. Let's get out of let's get out of this and try something different. Yeah. Um, so we're always just searching for you know, what, what, what are you going to respond to? Um, because at the end of the day, people are paying you for results. Yeah. So if if you get results, the buying happens. Um, the other thing it's super cliche, but the kids know you give a shit about them. They're, 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 they're all in because how many high schoolers really know enough about training to even know what you're throwing at them. Even when you explain the the why it's like, I'll explain the why and it'll go whoop over their head. Um, well, if you take the time to explain the why, they're probably think, sitting there thinking, okay, this guy gives a shit about me. Like mm-hmm. this, this guy honestly wants me to get better and to perform better. Yeah. Um, like I even say like, you know, if, if you love the kids, which you should, yeah. if you love your clients, whoever you work sure. with and you care about them, they'll be able to tell. Yeah. And in all honesty, that's all some people want. Yeah. Um, that's all, that's all people need. They, they, they want to know you care. And yeah. honestly, doesn't matter what program you're in. If you're in a program with a coach who gives a shit, who's putting his, his effort into you to making you better, you're going to yeah. get results at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause you're going to be consistent within the program. If you're consistent in the program, their results will happen. Sure. I, I always remember Mike Boyle saying something similar to that. I went to a perform better conference earlier in my career. And he talked about that. He's like, man, like with some of these high school kids, it doesn't matter what you use if, if you really like, yeah, you, you love the kids and you program the hell out of it and the intensity side, the efforts high, the buy-in side, Ooh, like that's where the magic happens. So I think that's really exactly. a cool piece you're speaking to. Exactly. Get, get the kids to be consistent. If they're consistent, magic will happen. Um, yeah. Pe- people think you can show up to a, a private facility twice a month and they think results will happen. And I yeah. Simply by showing up, showing up. I paid for this. What, what, what's going on? I'm not getting yeah. results. You, I've seen you twice in a month, dude. Um, yeah. no, no shit. You're not getting results. Yeah. You, you, you have, you have to put your all into it. You have to give consistent effort. I need to see you a lot yeah. to get results. It, it takes time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if, if you're showing that you care, the kids will become consistent and you're going to, you're going to find some results. Yeah. And, and it's, it's cool listening to you talk about it too. Cause I hear like, I hear like uh, an experienced coach when you talk about this too, how do you go about having those conversations with people? Like, how do you about like, right. You got, maybe you have that power five athlete coming in and they're not showing up and their intent sucks and their effort sucks. Like where, like, what's your, what's your approach for, you know, kind of reaching that guy? Like, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Step one is, uh, just to honestly just sit down and have an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've learned is I used to always be the really nice guy. And yeah. I always w- thought that I need to tell people what they want to hear because I yeah. don't want them to be mad at me. Um, when you become a leader, you quickly realize that if you truly want what, what's best for a kid, there's going to be a lot of tough conversations to be had. Mm-hmm. So yeah, getting kids in check, like, Hey man, you have these goals. Um, to be quite honest, your actions, number one, outside of the facility, 
your actions of not showing up to the facility and putting the work in are, are negatively affecting you and your, your goals are not going to be uh, going to be met. Sure. Um, you have these goals for reasons. I, I'm confident you want to reach these goals. Get your, get your ass into gear. Let's go. Yeah. And typically that'll wake him up and we'll be like, okay, let's go. Sure. Um, sometimes too, the conversation goes like, Hey, uh, you're doing too much. <laughs> yeah. You're lifting, you're lifting at school. You're, you're lifting coming here. at, you're, you're coming here. Yep. Oh, and you're also lifting with your pops in the basement. It's like, and you wonder, you're, you're, you're not giving your body any time to get better. You sure. need to, you need to train smarter, not harder. Like you need yeah. to work plus to, rest equals success. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you're getting better when you're recovering, honestly. Yeah. Um, like you, in training, you're breaking yourself down. You come sure. out of it because you give your body time to, to recover. Yeah. So that's probably the most, like, that's probably the most popular conversation that comes yeah, up I was gonna in our that. gym. Yeah. As far as like a tough conversation goes, it's like, Hey man, uh, you're doing too much. Let, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a good point too, for the the listener right now is like, no matter fitness or performance at some point, more is just more, there's a point of diminishing returns in what you do. And I exactly. think we have this like movie montage mentality idea in our head sometimes that if I'm working hard, I'm getting better. And, you know, really where someone like Zach comes in is like pulling on the reins going like, look, doing more isn't just going to get you better. It has to be the right things and the right amounts at the right times, the exactly. right point of the season yep. for yep. you. And I think right. that's really cool. That's spot. I mean, that's the art of coaching right there. That's, yeah. that's, that's, if, if you're going to summarize what a good coach is, it's what you just said. It's yeah. you, you, you need to cook that puzzle up for that specific person and help them lay it out. Like that's, that's what we're here for as professionals. Yeah. Um, sometimes in a high school setting, there, there's so many athletes and there's so much going on that that coach, and it's not their fault. Can't have, can't have that input on a kid. Can't yeah. lay that out for a kid. Yeah. Um, that's what we're here for. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to tell you when it's a good day to go there, when it's a good day to come here, when it's a good day to rest um, and yeah. start to help you piece that puzzle together. Yeah. I love that. And I think you're speaking to a really cool piece too, is like these really well-intentioned people that work at the schools are heading these strength conditioning programs, off-season football, hockey, all these things, right. And their, their parents and their teachers and their, right. you know, they're maybe not as, you know, well-versed in, in performance as someone like you is. So I think it's cool that you, you have something like, like you guys have a tap where, yeah, we want you lifting with your guys, but we also want you coming over here and working with our right. coaches because we're going right. to kind of fine tune. I would say for anyone that's listening to think about like the benefits of doing performance training outside your high school, outside your college, you know, that's it is because these guys are going to pull you aside and go, look, this is what you need now. Exactly. Um, like you said, it's, we're filling buckets where yeah. we're um, filling the gaps and What's cool is, you know, now as we're getting a little more established, we have some pretty yeah. cool relationships with some of these schools. Um, I was yeah. just at a school. I was just at a school today in their weight room, just talking shop with the coach. I work with them yeah. a little bit in the off season. Um, had another football coach in my facility last week who just, yeah. I, I trained a bunch of his kids. Like why, Popped why in. wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to pop in and like, see what your kids are up to? Yeah. And like, come make sure I'm not a lunatic uh yeah like your kids are in good hands so it was cool to have like just to see that and and for them to understand like hey yeah like you you can be an asset um yeah. 
the issue I have with some with some high school and it's and it's always football. Yeah, is the coaches will get very territorial, mm-hmm. and it's like you can't go there. I don't want you going there. It's like yeah, your kid your kid wants help, man. Like yeah, I, if you just took the time to have a conversation with me. I would explain to you everything we just talked about the last half hour. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I would, I would explain, Hey, we're filling buckets that they, these kids are not getting in your weight room. No doubt. Coach, coach, you're doing zero speed training with this athlete. Yeah. They are not changing direction. They are not decelerating. You're, you're, you're making them a great lift weightlifter. Great. And maybe yeah. that's all the resources you have. Yeah. That that's awesome. I hope the kid goes there and lifts, but if they want to seek outside help, as long as you know, yeah, it's safe. They they, and, they know they that we're safe and we're doing yeah. doing our due diligence with piecing the puzzle together. It should be a non-issue. Step one's communication. You have to yeah. reach out, and these coaches that are reaching out are realizing, okay, this can work. Sure. Um, but yeah, if you never reach out and never take the time, it's not going to happen. The relationship's not going to be there. And, and you know, and a part of me understands why because there are places that honestly d- don't care what the kid needs it's hey this is our system yeah. yep this, this is, is what we this, do. this is the workout that's on the board today yep you're fucking doing it um yeah. so i i get why there's uh some um some you know hesitancy from some coaches i, yeah. I do understand that but sure that that's why turn over the rock call communicate see see yeah. what's going on over here you know you have kids at our gym instead of getting pissy and fussy and you know they're here for a reason to, call us be like hey i got kids there i want to know what you guys are doing awesome yeah. let's have a conversation because i'm itching to tell you what i'm doing here because i truly believe it's uh, it's really helping your kids yeah. and i truly believe i can be an asset to your program sure and, and and that's the big thing too is if it's within the best interest of the kid like what does it matter um right. and i think i've dealt with that in football i've dealt with that in soccer as well too you know just it's like look man we're set we're on the same team you know, right. and it's like, yep. if, if you, if you can't do this for them, this isn't about me versus you. This is a, about us getting this kid where he tells me he wants to go. It's not exactly. a dick waving contest with, yep. I guess, uh, to put it. Exactly. Yeah. You know. And at the end of the day, nowadays, kids are doing that no matter what they're either going to outside of the weight room at the high school, they're either yeah. going to be lifting at, at the pack or the YMCA or their base and with their buddies. Yep. Or they can find a trusted professional who knows what they're doing who knows how to put a program together. Um, If I'm a coach, I'd much rather have my kids go to a a facility that has experience and has professionals in its doors and is is taking care of the kids. Um, That's the way I would look at it. And, you know, I think when younger coaches, you know, as the game gets younger, as coaches get younger, um, as the game evolves, as sports evolves, you know, I think that's, you're going to see more and more of that, which is awesome. Yeah. And I, and I like that too. I think it does. It requires like a, a degree of professionalism and, and humility too uh, for right. everybody involved. Look like I know that you're the coach. I know that you're the performance specialist within these walls, but like at the end of the day, our, our goal is to get this guy here and nothing else. And right. You know, I would, exactly. you know, I'm curious too, cause I want to make sure that we're doing, um, I want to cover um, building, you know, obviously part of what you do is, is coaching, but you know, obviously getting guys in the building, you know, right. it's, it's a business. Yep. Um, and it seems like every time I'm watching your content, I'm watching taps content. I, I'm seeing really great content where a lot of people are involved in it because they're doing a lot of fun stuff. Can I hear a little bit about from, from you, from the business side of, you know, Zach, the businessman, like 
what are some of the things that you've done to build a brand for, for Zach and for tap um, that have been effective in building your brand? Like maybe some right. of those things. Yeah. Well, I would say this is my biggest weakness for sure. Okay. Um, I, I became Same. a good coach. I became a good coach first. Well, still becoming a good coach. Um, yeah. And the, uh, the business stuff is so new to me. Um, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> um, but our business, um, Total Alty Performance, has been built on word of mouth. Yeah. It's, you, you get kids that um, have pull with their friends who say, hey, I'm training at TAP. Super fun. I'm getting mm -hmm. faster, jumping higher, um, performing better. Like, you should come check this out. Yeah. So our, our, that's that's literally what our business is built on. We don't do it like we want. We run one radio ad that probably no one ever hears. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like we do. At least the people coming into the train. With right. You, though, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah. I mean, other than that, it's, it's Instagram. Um, sure. Social post, media, big thing for you guys. If you, if content's king nowadays, and it's like, it's just wild because. Yeah. There's, there's places who have awesome content and their gym sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The and they get a lot sucks. of people, but they, yeah. But, but that, holy shit, they got good photographers and good videographers. Yeah. Um, um, we want both. We want, we want good oh, yeah. content and we want when, when they say, oh, this is a really cool Instagram video. Let's go check this place out. When we, when, when we, they walk in the doors, they leave saying, I need that. I can't get that anywhere else. Yeah. Um, it has to be that unique of an experience in my opinion. Sure. So that, that's kind of how we're building the business. Um, yeah. As far as outreach goes, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's word of mouth. It's, it's doing some things like that. I'm on my third year of a Verona speed camp. Yeah. So uh, there's, there's no speed camps around here. There, there's no, I was looking for indoor track space. That's crazy. There, there's no indoor track space. Yeah. Um, in Wisconsin, it's like, the only place you can go yeah, it's, is like it's winter, winter happens. That's yeah. It, it's winter. It's like, there's, you know, thankfully we have a big enough facility where we can do some speed training in yeah. our facility. But, um, so I'm popping up speed camps in the summer and it's like yeah. pe people who normally don't train with tap or even work with us, out, you know, at any time of the year, they'll come to that. Doing some, yeah. To do, yep. to participate in the camp. And then they'll see like, Holy crap, I got results. Maybe I should train with these guys year round. Yeah um or it's you know go, going to um help these schools out sure. and 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 like doing agility work with the school i work with and these kids realize hey if i'm training anywhere else besides school it should probably be at tap yeah so it's like it's like putting yourself in front of people yeah um, and allowing kind of, them to see what you do exactly just doing the dirt, dirty work just people need to see it yeah um I, i'm not good at marketing i'm not good at business i don't know how to do that shit sure. it's i need people to see my product if yeah. they see it, if they see it, I'm confident they'll buy in and, um, and become part of the tap family. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think that's a good, like, I no, I, that was a big thing for me was doing workshops places. Yeah. I think you're speaking to that on the end of doing speed camps of like if you're a fitness or performance specialist, like listening to this, like exactly what Zach is saying to a T is what you go do. If you know kettlebells, you go run a kettlebell workshop. If you know speed, you go do that because you got to go get in front of people. Right. And, you know, maybe the first time you do it, no one shows up, but you're two, you're three, you're th like, what was your experience with that? I guess like, because that's another thing too. I, I feel like people try shit and they're like, it didn't work. And, and people are qu quick these days to be like, you know, I, this didn't work out. Like for you, what did it look like? Like the first time you went out and did these workshops or yeah. you're reaching out to coaches, you're reaching out to schools. Like, did you have moments where you're like, fuck man, like I can't. 
I can't get through. I, I don't know how I'm going to get people to do this with me. Right. Yep. So, I mean, year one of speed camp, I probably had maybe 12, 15 kids sign up and there'd be days yep. where half the kids didn't show up. There was eight kids. Yep. And I don't, I don't know what clicked, but last year we had over 20. Everyone yep. was consistent and we had the, the fastest, the fastest group of high school kids I've ever been around. It was, yeah, dude, those times you were posting were fucking bananas for it. It, it was insane. I mean, yeah. it goes back to, you take these kids who are strong from their high school, right room. No, there's a theme here, obviously. Yep. They're strong. It, it, they're strong. Spike them up, get them on a track, let them run mm-hmm. outside when it's warm in Wisconsin. Yeah. Amazing things will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, do it smart, progress in the right way. So, I mean, we had 17 to 23 kids last year go over 20 miles per hour. I was like, holy crap. Um, and it was nothing even I, I, it was a basic speed program. Like yeah. they just want, they just need no bells and whistles. This was, yep. Exactly. So I think that was kind of my springboard this year. I just, I just put, put it out today Yeah. is, you know, we had, yeah, 23 kids last year. I'm going to have probably around 40 this year. Yeah. Um, That's incredible, man. Yeah. Congrats. And now we're, we're also, thank you. Um, and now we're trying to get it in two locations instead of one. So yeah, that's super I want to cool. like it, it, my perfect world in 10 years from now is like, I'm training speed and that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a speed that just, that's what I love. You're I'm a speed specialist. Go. I just got to yeah. find some indoor track space in freaking Wisconsin and yeah. I'm going to be running speed camps and speed, private speed lessons all year round. Um, I got a yeah, full just, boring guy. We just got to find a building. So we let's go exactly turf in that yep. thing. Yeah. Yep. We're, yep. we're close as you know. So yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, hope, hopefully we can we can get that cooking. But uh, yeah, just put yourself out in front of people. Yeah, you, you need you need to see the product. People people need to see how you coach. Um, that's what people attach to. Yeah, I think this is. I've had such a great time. You know, I got a couple more questions for you, but I, I wanted to have an aside here. I'm I'm immensely proud of you as a coach because I think you're speaking to a lot of these things. I feel like I went through and a lot of coaches go through and like finding your voice when you give a shit about people and, yeah. and, and then just keep showing up, you know, when you start something new, you're not always going to have a full fucking camp and excuse my language, but right. you're not. Yep. and and it right. takes hard work and it takes coaching the hell out of people to make sure that the next year you show up, it gets a little bit better, better. And then now you're to the point of, you know, you're talking about having multiple camps and multiple locations. That's a really cool, um, you know, that's incredible, man. That's yeah. good for you. Yeah. Well, likewise, man, like I've been following your journey too. And it's like to do what you did and pack up to go to Arizona to start your business to start an app. It's like, like that inspired me. I was like, Holy shit. Like Tyler's got some balls on him. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> like, that, brother. Like you put yourself out there and it's like, in all honesty, you, if, if you want to get where you want to be in this industry, you have to do that. Yeah. Um, it's, as you know, it's tough going first yeah. couple of years trying to be a, a strength coach. Yeah. It's you, you just got to keep putting yourself out there. You got to, you got to take chances. You got to leave your comfort zone. And typically, if you do that, good things will start to happen. They kind of snowball and like, yeah, look at momentum. the opportunity. Exactly. Like, look at the yeah. momentum you built on. Look at what you're into now. Like with Modus, yeah. like sure. it just, everything will start to snowball. It's it's so cool. Yeah. It's weird. Like I, I noticed that from moving here too, it was like getting things going. It just feels like you're dragging, you're dragging, you're dragging. And then you get a few and then you start doing this and then you connect with this guy and that guy oh. and this gal you're like, holy shit, yep. we're going yep. somewhere pretty quick. It starts to feel like you're going downhill yep. versus like the climb. But exactly. Yep. You know, and then and then you have those, exactly. And then you have those days where it's just like you're grinding hard for like two months. Like I'm in it right now. Like February yeah. is our freaking toughest month. In the grind. But then you'll just sit back and look like 
look where I was two years ago. Look where I am now. It's like, no if you told me I would have had the opportunities two years ago, I would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. But it's like, yeah. you never, you never, when you're, when you're in it, you don't take necessarily the time to like, just take a step back, look around and be like, holy crap. Yeah. Take like, a breath. This, this stuff, it's working. Like it, we're, we're going somewhere. So it's, it's having those moments where you just step back is, is are super important in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Just kind of like it, allow yourself to be grateful where you're at. And then you're kind of speaking to another thing too. I was talking to my clients about is like the blessing and, and the privilege of being that busy, right? Like you don't get that busy. You don't get into those grind seasons, um, you know, of, of your job and in your life and in whether it's personal or business, if there isn't a lot of fucking people that depend on you and you're not really good at what you do, yeah. you know, like my thing is for me, I've always noticed if I'm looking at my phone, I'm talking to a million people. I'm like, sometimes I'll get like, oh man, I feel really bogged down. But I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm sure you've experienced this with athletes too, that so many people, you're a critical piece, man, like of their journey. Yep. I think that's super cool. Well, I think for a lot of strength coaches, COVID was a huge knock in the face. And it's like, I'll never yeah. take uh, being busy for granted again, because yeah. when, gym, when gym shut down and you're, you're worried about losing your gym, um, a year later when you're busy, it's like, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. we're busy. I'll, I never want to be not busy again because yeah. it's very, it's a very scary feeling to have. So sure. yeah. It's, I, yeah. I, and I learned that too, with like moving into, I I've learned this is like that the online stuff, I love it, but that never replaces the in-person coaching, man. Like I, I noticed that from moving here, I had a little period of time where I wasn't working with athletes. I wasn't training in in-person fitness clients for a little, little minute there. Yep. It's like, man, COVID for sure made me really grateful for the the magic, the alchemy that happens when you have people in person. It's like that program does a whole different thing. Yep. Yep. For sure. Did you move down there during COVID? Yeah, it so did. Was like it right, right around there? Yeah. Like right around there. Yeah. Like um, it would be a year and a half now that I moved there. So um, yeah. And I, oh. and I, I'll have to add at some point do a little episode kind of describing my path down here and what you should. But, yeah, you should. Um, but, but yeah, I was around that time. So, but man, yeah. COVID, I would say this. I grew, I grew as a coach over COVID. Yeah. Because I, I, I was, I took the time to really dive into some material and found some certain pathways I really like and wanted to go down. It's kind of the foundation yeah. of our training at tap right now. Um, yeah. Like COVID, as weird as it sounds, if if you, if you COVID was a huge benefit for some people, yeah. um, because it no gave doubt. you time to not be busy every day, to yeah. not train athletes ten hours a day, yeah. um, to take time for yourself and to discover yourself and to discover what makes you tick and to indulge in um, training material. And yeah. they coach the coaching world's cool. Like during COVID, people were started to put out content. Yeah. Um, like good coaches who usually don't because they don't have the time. Yeah. We're now starting to share ideas. And it was like, okay, yeah. okay, this this could be big. This sure. I need to listen to these guys. Um, yeah. so I mean, COVID was huge for me, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. Um or this is gonna get taken out of context. We're gonna no, I, yeah. He's yeah, not gonna no have kidding, a job right? tomorrow. No, like, no, damn, yeah, okay. no kidding. Yep. <laughs> Hauled like, out. The yeah, hell? I should, yeah, I shouldn't say COVID was huge for me. I should say <laughs> a little a little time off was huge for me. Is that goes and on that note, COVID <laughs> <Yeah>. was good. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like that's Kanye over here. You're sitting in there in a group of people, like, that was my bad. I didn't, oh, I didn't yep. think that one through. Yep. COVID no, was I, for the record, COVID was terrible. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I think that's really cool. Cause I think for me kind of speaking to my own journey, that was when, that was when I was like, fuck it, I'm moving. Right. Um, because I was watching a lot of Dan John stuff. He was doing stuff with the podcast, doing stuff with, um, you know, putting out different like workshops online. I'm like, I feel like I could do that. He was doing online training. I was like, oh. I, I think I can do that. And it was weird. This podcast actually started because I reached out to him. I had done everything with the app. I was like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, like, and I didn't even expect a response. Like, right. Like right. this guy's big in our field. Like I didn't expect him to even see it. And I was just like, for what it's worth, like you inspired me to like make these videos and build the site and just want to thank you. I'm even thinking about, I put it at the end and I'm really glad I did. I was like, I'm even thinking about doing a podcast. And he goes, yes. you're thinking about doing a podcast. How about we do next Wednesday? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Dude. Oh yeah. my God. He's so, a mega guy too. He's like, I know. An OG. He's an That's OG. Wild. Just I got to hey, get him back yeah. on, but. You should, yeah. dude. Um, it's like, goes back to, hey, take your take a chance. Yeah. Leave, leave, leave your comfort zone. Good things happen. That's wild, man. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. That's well, so Zach, sick. Yeah. Well, Zach, I want to thank you for coming on today. Dude, immensely proud of you and like your development Likewise. as a coach and a, and a, and a person. Um, thanks for sitting down with me today and, and giving sure, me your man. time. Yeah. Um, for anyone that's listening that wants to learn more about you, how would they follow you? How would they find your stuff? Yeah. How would they go about working yeah. with you? Maybe some of your Instagram handles, yeah. maybe where they'd find um, you know, a site to train with you. Yep, for sure. So website, uh, tapwisconsin.com. Um, and then Instagram and Twitter, just search Total Athlete Performance. Um, yeah. You'll find us. So, yeah. Cool. Appreciate you, man. Proud of you, too. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're doing it. some you. awesome stuff. We're just crying in the club over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, bro. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate that. But yeah, so anyone that's listening to, so I'll make sure I put the handles in the description in the site awesome. so you can find Zach. Cool. Zach's a fucking stud at what he does. And, you know, if you're in that area, you're Madison, Verona area, get over there to tap and go train with Zach. Um, good things will happen. Thank you, brother. We'll talk yeah, soon. Thank you, Tyler. Talk soon.